And welcome to another exciting episode of Seeing Reddit, where once a week we pick a random subreddit and talk about that subject for about an hour. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff Kowalski. I'm Louisa Heron. I'm a bit low energy. I'm drinking coffee, though. Yeah, I have my ho- my whole arm and hand are so screwed up, it's really hard <laughs> to concentrate on anything. Yeah, as you we were tell dis- the listeners why, why no, that's No, that's why I said it before we started recording, <laughs> okay. so that they wouldn't know. They'll think that I'm cool and not a doofus, a <laughs> I was just doofus. about to tell them that you got in a fight with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles villain Leatherhead while you were visiting New Orleans. It's true, it's true. But he did that thing that only alligators can really do, where while I was punched about to punch him in the face, he opened his mouth and then caught my fist in his jaws. Ooh, that's a bad look. That's why you can't fight an alligator, Mm -hmm. you guys. Yep, just like you can't fight City Hall. (laughs) No. Uh, (laughs) Are alligators the one with the fins, the little fins on top, or is that crocodile? That's sharks. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, dummy. (laughs) No, street sharks. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, street sharks for sure. (laughs) Oh, God. They have a little fin on top and ripped pectorals. How many different teenage, not teenage, how many different children's cartoon shows uh, used the pun of Shark Tank being an actual tank? Because they definitely did that on Street Sharks. And I think, what was the, was it Shark Bites, those gummy candies that were shaped like little sharks? I think so. What those I, thought, I thought you were going to ask how many Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ripoffs there were in the 90s. Oh, so a many. Million. Oh my god, that, that it became a genre. Well- Yes, that is such well-trod podcast territory, though. I feel like we can't discuss it. I want to bring everything to a screeching halt and go back and make a joke that I wanted to make, which is okay. that you got right, away from that alligator leatherhead because Baxter Stockman flew in and flew you to safety. Uh, but he was also a bad guy. Yeah, but he was helping you this time because he hates leatherhead. Oh, he so it was leatherhead. like it was one of those team ups between the b- good guy and the bad guy. For a worse yeah. bad guy, I'm just saying. Love, you marry ba- that fly man. I'm just saying. Baxter Stockman wears a bow tie and a sweater vest, and I wear a bow tie and a sweater vest, so we had something in common. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. You're a real Professor Plum. It's true. I do like the idea of a super villain wearing a bow tie and a sweater vest. I wish that more did that because it's very disarming. So you know. want? Mm, you it's want to th- come to me? Hold nope, on. I have one. It's the Green <laughs> Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, the hey, Green. Hey, hey. Goblin, that famous tunic-wearing Zelda cosplayer. What's his name? Guys, guys, let's all agree to let each other make some jokes this episode. (laughs) No, I don't think we can do that. The real joke is Louisa's recall of what the Green Goblin looks like. What was his name? Harry something? Was it Harry Houdini? Was that it? Harry Houdini wore a bow tie to sweater rest for sure. Yeah, Harry Houdini swung. wore a bow tie is probably my favorite Oingo Boingo song. Good pull or bad? Sounds like Neutral Milk Hotel to me. <laughs> no, it's not about Anne Frank enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know that I've said that about a lot of uh, albums over the recent years. <laughs> Since Neutral Milk Hotel, actually. Yeah, you spent the last 22 years being like, "Mm, this isn't about being in love with Anne Frank enough. (laughs) 
Uh, yep, it's true. So, Jeff, what did you do online this week? Oh, boy, that's a good question that I forgot to think about in the week leading oh, up oh, to yeah. and day so leading up to this question I because believe. I forgot the format of the podcast. I'm um, genuinely shocked about the fact that both you and Louisa every single week forget that this is half of our podcast. Uh, no, I, I usually think time. about Thank it. Thank you. It was Norman Osborn, so fuck you guys. Norman Osborn, that's the Green Goblin. Yeah. That's what I said. The Green he's Goblin still- wears a bow tie and a sweater vest when he's Listen, not goblining. Maybe Harry Osborn or the Hobgoblin might have no. sometimes worn a sweater vest and bow tie, but Norman Osborn was like the business businesses business boy. (laughs) He always wore a suit. Now, which hobgoblin are we talking about? The original Roderick Kingsley? No, I'm talking about Harry Osborn. I just said hobgoblin Harry Osborn. Oh, I thought you said Harry Osborn or the hobgoblin. Well, I meant his alias, the hobgoblin. Okay, there have been many hob... Harry was also the green goblin for a time. Yes, but only after Norman Osborn was in jail or possibly the president of the United States. Maybe dead. He died a couple times. You made, you made a good call, Matt, because I looked up uh, Harry Osborne, and indeed, he is wearing a sweater vest. Oh, yeah. I, win, I won the episode, guys. We can <laughs> shut it down. They do both have the same impossible hair. Um, in the cartoon, you mean, where their hair is just a corduroy sweater? <laughs> in the <laughs> original here, yeah. comics, too, it's just, like, red and black stripes for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's- a real Archie. <laughs> It's not even an Archie. It's like somebody who'd never seen hair before trying to figure it out. Oh, it's little, it's like black lines coming out of your scalp. I get it. (laughs) I see, sometimes I see it represented in photorealistic illustration as uh, like waves, like the way uh, an R&B singer might have. Um, yes. or, or in the 50s when people had curly hair, like, they tamped mm-hmm. it down so hard, it was just waves. Yeah, yes. I think that might be what the artist was going for, but they only had when, uh, very when, thick when pencils. You say the art, when you say the artist, you mean Prince? Yeah, he drew <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man comics back in the 60s. <laughs> no, I oh, thought so he was mainly involved with Batman, and also, to a lesser extent, Ooh. the Bat Dance. Is that not correct? Ooh, got you uh, he only composed a soundtrack for a Batman movie, but he did mm. co-create Spider-Man as an illustrator, oh. and you can take that to the bank, sue me, Marvel Comics, I, I dare you. I, I Now I understand. I guess my only <clears> other <throat> question is, if he had such a hard time drawing hair, why didn't he cover them with a raspberry beret? Hey! Oh, now I can oh, add that to it. the list of songs. We can't do this again. <laughs> we can't discuss which Prince songs would be good names for menu items again. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen... <laughs> That was a poll one time, and this has nothing to do with menu items. This is about if Prince drew comic books. All right. Well, uh, to be fair, as I said that, I did indeed want to discuss it again, and I yeah. want to discuss it every week, and that should be the new podcast yeah. format. Um, so Steve Ditko <coughs> and Stanley are both dead, and we can say whoever we want created Spider-Man. Well, I heard that Stanley was actually just a uh, like a flesh suit that Prince wore to appear in all the Marvel movies. Yeah, he did look super fake whenever you saw him anywhere. <laughs> doing anything, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. Uh, they definitely just, like, one day in 2013 filmed his face saying a bunch of random stuff and just, like, CGI attach him to a different body for all the movies now, right? This thing that's 
that's gonna really freak your bean is in like three years when he's still cameoing <laughs> in all of the Marvel movies. Yeah. <sighs> and God. you'll be like, wait, I thought he died, but I guess I'm wrong. I guess he didn't die. <laughs> yeah, it it's gonna to be me a real all the time. <laughs> it's gonna be a real Abe Vagoda situation, but he's gonna actually be dead instead of alive. <laughs> the thing is, Marv- uh, Stan Lee, the human being, is dead, but mm-hmm. the character in the comics is still alive. Oh, yeah. Uh, man, you say that jokingly, but there are many times when the Marvel Comics establish that Marvel Comics exists in the Marvel Comics universe and makes licensed comics about the real-life superheroes. Yes. Ugh, I, uh, I I knew that because one of the main villains in, uh, what is it, Lego Marvel superheroes is Stan Lee. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's pretty good. Spoilers. Can you play as him in PS4 Spider-Man? I thought that was a thing. It might be DLC. I, mm. I, I was not in, I unlocked all but one of the Spider-Man costumes in PS4 Spider-Man. Uh, so unless it's that one, but I doubt it. I think that one is something else. It you might be in a different game. If you put in the right code, right? Yeah, maybe <sighs> I needed to put in the Konami code. <laughs> Actually, maybe give that, that a, a shot. Game, right? Sometimes that does do something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder what the last game to have the Konami code in it was. I bet you it know. hasn't come out yet. I bet. No, I'm still gonna do it. Sorry. Yeah, the I last game last, ever. <laughs> I meant the last as in most recent, not last as okay. in final. Right. Yeah. The Konami um, code was cancelled because it posted something racist on Twitter, so it won't be in any future video games. <laughs> did Jeff ever say what he did online, or did he just stall in the night? Nope, I got around it. <laughs> you didn't. Mm, didn't uh, you? Okay. No. Yeah, damn. <laughs> Um, so I'm gonna look around my room until something comes <laughs> oh, to mind. Right. Hey, ask oh, me. God. Put me in the game. <laughs> Louisa, what did you do online this week instead of me? <laughs> uh, I started playing a new D&D game. With oh, yeah, that's right. Done, which has been very fun. And now, 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 hold on. I need to ask <sighs> some questions. Uh-huh. Did you get sucked into the board game and live an entire life as your character? And uh, there was a small Yoda-like man who was the game master. Yes, I've been Tom Hanks this whole time. <clears throat> okay, cool. I was actually referring to the cartoon series, but same diff. Yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> you remember that dumb unicorn? Anyway, yes. go on, Louisa. <laughs> Uh, so the DM for this game has uh, put us on roll 20, which I've never used before, but he's very mm. familiar with it. Mm-hmm. It's fucking great, you guys. Have you ever used it? I really enjoy roll 20, but because our D&D group does not like having visuals and that is the primary use for roll 20, I am okay with not using it. I really hate grid-based Dungeons and Dragons. That's I- fair. But so far, we've just been making character sheets, and the fact that you can just put in the sidebar like spiritual weapon, and it brings up the thing, and then you can drag and drop it right into your a character sheet, and it just does it. Oh yeah, I actually, I purchased for a hell of a <coughs> lot of money like a year ago a lifetime license to another product called Fantasy Grounds, which <laughs> is made by the right. same people who first developed Roll Twenty, uh, and it's sort of like an evolved version of that. Uh, it's not web based though; it's like you. <laughs> You create your own little server and then people can log into it. I was thinking about trying to use it for our Dungeons and Dragons group, but I have not gotten around to it yet. So, hmm. yeah, that's what I got. Uh, Roll 20, real good for a lazy player such as myself who doesn't like picking <clears throat> things up or figuring out all the details. What's nice about Fantasy Grounds is that you can drag, like, you can grab your weapon and drag it onto the enemy you want to attack, and it'll auto calculate all of the, like, 
rolls that you have to do mm, to make that attack good. against oh, that's that. Fun. What if? What if it was all automated and it was a video game? What then, <laughs> what then guys? <laughs> what if it was be? all automated and it was a movie and you just had to watch it? Oh, uh, what if it was Mazes and Monsters? Yes. You have all the things you want, but easy. Oh, I... man, I'm going to make a character that's Tom Hanks. <laughs> I like all uh, characters with high enough charisma are Tom Hanks. That's true. <laughs> I like using a grid for D and D, but I don't have a need to be very strict about it. Uh, I just like it to be like instead of having to figure out how to describe a complicated space with a party of four people and like a group of monsters in it, I can just be like. This is how everyone is arranged, and then this is what the room feels like. It's all squishy. Yeah, the the only problem I have with that is that it sometimes leads to lots of rooms feeling the same, or mm. like, if there's like four doorways off of a room, and I don't know, like, it's hard to differentiate between the four doorways if they all are just random, you're gonna make it up later anyway, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that part of what's essential, if you're going to use a grid, is that you have a mapped out, like, dungeon beforehand, but that yes, also requires part. you to know that it's already, like, interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's very difficult to do, but a lot of the pre-made adventures that I would like to run already have maps in them, so I would not be worried about that. Does anybody offer um, old databases of blueprints of things from past centuries, which I know are around in libraries? Uh, does anyone offer those as, like, hey, just put your fucking adventure in this. Put your adventure in this. I, once, I once ran a uh, game called um, there's a a, C- a game. What am I trying to say? <laughs> there's a game system mm-hmm. um, in uh, White Wolf Underworld of Darkness where everyone just plays as various mages. I think it's called Mages. Um, and uh, Mage, I, Mage I the Ascension. Yeah, that's the one. Um, and I ran a game of that set at Rutgers University when I was going mm-hmm. there, and I used the floor plans of all of the different buildings that were on the Rutgers website as the maps, and it was way easy. <laughs> Yeah. That uh, good. One thing that does exist is like a dozen different databases of free to use fantasy maps. Uh, including a bunch on the DMs Guild. So if you ever just yeah, are like, fine. Uh, if you want, like, here's a map of a castle that somebody made, you can just use it. Or uh, there's even generators that will generate, like, a continent for your adventure to take place Ugh. on, or, like, a section. No, no I want to do it in, like, a real castle, though. That's what I'm saying. I want to believe it's a real thing. You want to find... Well, there's probably also already, like... I took the layout of this real castle in Scotland and made it a D&D map. Probably. But you want it to be like there's murder afoot at Monticello. Louisa, you, the just want to wa- you just want to watch the cartoon series Gargoyles, it sounds like. Yeah, I sure love the whole <laughs> cast of Next Generation secretly <laughs> on there for some reason. Why was yep. that? Nobody knows. Well, listen, Michael Dorn was the star and he had only one set of friends. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, Matt, what did you do online this week? Well, I began. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I began the uh, immersing myself in the internet trend that is the TV series "Tidying Up" with Marie Kondo. Have you guys seen this? You know yeah. Did this? you throw all your garbage away? I did throw a lot of garbage away afterwards, and I'm still working on it. Uh, it's it's a real good show, y'all. It's genuinely like it's a nice show because I feel like there's a lot of shows of 
of this sort of HGTV variety that make you feel either, one, if I don't throw away everything I own, then I'm a bad person, or two, it's only possible to be clean if you're also incredibly rich. And this show does neither of those things, which is great. <clears throat> yeah. There's a part where there was a part where a family couldn't afford to buy a dresser for one of their children, and they just had a shelving unit, and it looked really crappy. And Marie Kondo was like, hey, I brought you all these old shoe boxes I got from the shoe store. Let's put your clothes in that. And it ended up looking really good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, so yeah. she, she takes her concept of, uh, of what, what does she call it? Um, Konmari oh. method. Um, yes. and she just like brings it to people's lives. Uh, yeah, so each episode is a different, like, life, uh, situation that she's coming into. So the first one is a couple of people who their kids have all grown up and moved away, and they are, like, retirees, and they have this whole house full of shit that their kids left behind, basically. Um, and then there's one where there's, like, uh, you know, a young family, and they just moved into a new city with a much smaller home, or one where there's, like, a a gay couple who are, like, uh, moving in together for the first time. Another thing that's great about it is there's not a single uh, cishet white man in the first five episodes. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Uh, yeah. Here's here's a question I have. Is this an American show or is this a Japanese show with subtitles? This is an American show, but it does have subtitles because Marie Kondo does not speak English. That's interesting. <laughs> yes, she has a translator with her as well. Also, she's only four feet eight, so she's <laughs> almost as yeah, she's <laughs> almost as tall as most of the children. <laughs> yeah, um, she's also only like. 31 or something. Yeah. Um, wow, she which is, is very pretty, but she certainly looks older than 31. Yikes. Oh no, sorry. She is, uh, she turns 35 in October of this year. My bad. Even so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, she has, she? She, she has two kids and she looks like she weighs about 70 pounds, so I don't <laughs> know how that happened. <laughs> is she the one who does the thing where you pick something up and if it doesn't spark joy, you get rid of yes. it? Yes. Yeah, that's uh, What about People who are me, who have really good memories, who do that, and then, today, go and look in their sock drawer like, oh, you know, I think I do want to wear those socks that I didn't like very much. Oh no, I threw them away already! Mm-hmm. Maybe you should. Me? Maybe you should watch this fucking show, because <gasps> there's an episode about that. Yeah, I was actually also going to ask, or rather say, but all of my possessions spark joy, that's why I have them. <laughs> That's just not true, Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm actually, I'm trying to get rid of a bunch of books right now. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I think that more of my stuff sparks woe than sparks joy <laughs> for me. Because yeah. I, I, as I was watching this, because I was watching it on my computer, and I was at my work desk, and I just opened my drawer, which was full all the way to the top with garbage that I didn't even know what was in there. <laughs> so I just started, like, pulling out fistfuls and throwing it in the garbage, and it felt so good, you guys. Yeah, but then later, when you remember it, and you're like, where's that uh, weird uh, flashlight that I also had? And then you remember mm -hmm. you threw it away, and you feel I terrible. I can always get a new stupid flashlight if I need to, Louisa, oh, but I've had, that, no. I've had that shitty flashlight for, like, 11 years, uh, the battery is long dead, there's no purpose to keeping it. But what about those socks that I threw away <laughs> that today I was gonna wear? What about that? Well, you have to you have to thank the thing for being in your life and then let it go. <sighs> yeah, I am, um, I'm into the concept of being like, do I enjoy owning this? Uh, no. Yeah. Get rid of it. But I'm, like, mm -hmm. I am not into the 
Um, I mean, I guess just because that's unfamiliar to American culture, uh, the idea of, like, objects having some sort of soul-like value, and you have to yeah. thank them, and and I understand yeah. that, I like, that Japanese like, people aren't, like, wizards who believe that their dressers well, are well, are secretly people, but, you know, well, it's still... <laughs> let me get a word in, let me get a word in edgewise. Uh, as we were watching this, we were, I suddenly turned to Jen and was like, is Marie Kondo a Shintoist? And I looked it up, and yes, she is. So she does <laughs> believe that all objects have souls, which is good, actually, I think it works so well for her because uh you know she apparently she wrote her book when she was working as a uh, shinto shrine maiden um anyway. i think that the so, the shinto the shinto religion is so like a base part of Japanese society, as I understand it, that, um, like, even if she wasn't practicing Shinto, most of those, uh, things, I think, could be sourced back to that religion anyway. Uh, I suppose, but I feel like that's sort of like saying that we, as white Americans, even if we don't believe in Christianity, we still do think Jesus is God, a little bit. <laughs> like... No, but most of... But things would mm. permeate uh, our yeah. way of life. That yes. Christian. Yes, but yeah. literally, I mean, the difference would be if she was like, you know, every one of your objects deserves respect because it's important to you, as opposed to what happens in the show where she's like, you need to pick up every book and wake it up to see if it is talking to you about whether it wants to live <laughs> in your house or not. Right. So, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's that's the level where it's. I was like, oh, she's definitely Shinto. Yeah. It's definitely 100%. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, oh, no. it's, I had to do that with, like, Alexa and Echo. <laughs> Uh, that's how they get around it. You then can't you get ever a, get rid of them. They yeah, you get into an argument. <laughs> yes. No, no master, do I not Alexa. spark joy? <laughs> <laughs> Please, I promise you I'll spark joy for you tomorrow. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you want me to play Joy by the band Sparks? <laughs> uh, did you want me to order you a case of Sparks energy beer? <laughs> <laughs> On reflection, yeah, I guess I do actually. <laughs> there is. Oh, now I have joy. <laughs> there are a few phrases. There are a few phrases in the English language funnier than energy beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely true. I don't know, Jeff, you'll know this. Is is that a real phrase or just something that our friends in college said all the time? No, I believe that Sparks uh, says energy beer on it. Um, okay. Because Sparks did have caffeine in it around the same time that Four Loco was a popular malt beverage, caffeinated malt beverage. Um, yes. Although maybe it just said caffeinated malt beverage. I just remember the first time I heard that our friend Andy Wolf said that he wanted an energy beer, and I thought that was so funny that I wanted to remember it and use it all the time, but of course I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, energy beer is ah, one of my favorite New Brunswick punk bands. Yep. <laughs> now that Jeff's brought it up, it sparked joy in you, and you're going to remember to use it again. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to carry it with me into my future. That's another <laughs> thing that she mentions all the time, is mm-hmm. you have to think about all of your possessions as being things that you are carrying with you into the future, and if it's not worth the weight of carrying it, then it's not worth having in your life. 
I know, really that's all well and good until you get rid of clothes, and then you're like, mm, I am going to wear this because I don't have anything else that particular color of lime green, and then mm-hmm. you remember that you but, don't have it anymore. Yeah, but listen, if it didn't spark joy in you, then you can get rid of it to make space in your life for something that is that lime green that you that does spark joy. Ugh, nothing lime green is ever going to spark joy. Well, then fucking stop wearing lime green. <laughs> get rid Sometimes of it. You need it to go you with don't. something. You oh, never need it for a, a, like a secret cosplay sometimes. <laughs> Mm. Louisa, <laughs> you need to watch this show. What about I, the Green Goblin, wait, though? Here's, here's, yeah, you need that purple tunic and purple elf hat. <laughs> yes, and that bow tie and sweater vest. And that green mask that yells at you about Spider-Man in your own voice. All those do spark joy, how dare you? I would never get rid of those. Uh, but here's the thing that I'm going to say that's going to send Louisa into a panic spiral oh, where God. she will watch this show, is that you don't want to end up like our mom. That's true. God yeah. damn it. Yeah. Oh, I got you there. She's always trying to drag me back, too. I'm like, I'm yeah, getting rid of all these old papers. And she's like, oh, but the papers, though. You yes. need them. You're, you realize you're doing that to me right now, right? You do get that? <laughs> I am not telling you, you what to do. You literally just said, but what if you need that old flashlight that I just threw away? I'm more thinking of me and how this relates to my life. Did you understand? I forgot you're way more self-centered than that. (laughs) I said flashlight because you're not going to relate to these socks. My sock dilemma. Yes. Just get rid. What if you just threw away all your socks, Louisa? Every single pair. Yeah. What would be the worst thing that would happen? You could get some new socks. I feel super sad about my favorite ones for a very long time. I would think about them constantly. I'm thinking about these ones that I threw away because I didn't like them. I'm thinking about them and feeling sad. You know how much Uh more sad I would be if I really liked those socks? Yeah, well, just let it go. There's more things in life to worry about than socks. No, someone just burn all my possessions while I'm at work, so I don't have to make any decisions. (laughs) Is this like... Is this like how Pokemon Go was too traumatic for me to play after a while because you have to get rid of some of the Pokemon permanently and that's not how I play Pokemon? Yeah, I don't like that either. That's like the um, the something run. I forget what it's called. Mario uh, run? Nuzlocke. Nuzlocke oh, run. Yes. Yeah, where you have to get rid of one when you get a new one. No, thank you. Well, but counterpoint, maybe that's a healthier way to live is not having to hold on to every single thing you've ever touched. You hold each Pokemon and you say, does this Pokemon spark joy? Yes, exactly. And then you're like, oh, Pikachu, he sparks all the time. Yeah, it, <laughs> I gotta keep that bastard. <laughs> he knows the move Spark Joy, so I have to keep him. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, he's, he, sorry, for all the Pokemon heads out there, let me make that more lore consistent. He knows the, he has the ability Spark and the nature yes. Joyful. Thank you. I was about to make that joke, but I couldn't remember if it was a nature or if it was some kind of stupid cupcake inside him or what. <laughs> I'm not sure Joyful is a nature, but it probably is. There's a bunch of those things. Probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh Jesus Christ. Uh, so what I did online, I thought of. Do you want to ask yeah. me again, or should I just say it? Yeah, what did uh, you do online? Okay, yes. so what I did was, actually, I don't know why I couldn't think of it, because it's what I was doing literally all day before coming on the show while I was editing Creepypasta. I watched, I watched a YouTube series called 
uh, Game Maker's Toolkit, uh, and the guy on it, he's like a British guy who examines game design, and mm-hmm. he did a series called Boss Keys, and season one was all about the design specifically of the dungeons in the Zelda series, and he mm. looks at every Zelda game, um, mm. not in order totally, he starts at Link to the Past and then comes back to the mm. first two in a later video, but starting at Link to the Past, he goes in order, and so examines- problematic one that's shaped like a swastika? Uh, no, he doesn't talk about the, like, aesthetic design much. He does is touch- this, That is quite notable. Is this guy DJ Khaled? Because I know he does a lot about keys. Yeah, he and has, he's like, a boss. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, he, well, this guy actually, it's weird, he does talk about how much they don't want you to know about Zelda dungeon design, yeah. and they're just trying to keep you down. Uh, does no, he that's ever, not true. Does he, does he ever lose while playing Legend of Zelda? Mm, no, all he does is win. Okay, um, <laughs> uh, first off, Louisa, that dungeon <laughs> is shaped like a manji, which is a Buddhist symbol, yeah. and they didn't- That's some kind yes. of Pokemon? Is that a Pokemon? Yeah, that's right. The Pokemon that sparks joy. The Pokemon that eats nothing but pasta? Uh, uh, no, the point is, like, <laughs> yes, yes, it is a Buddhist symbol, of course. But also, yeah. it is also <laughs> a swastika. Yes. Uh, no, he does, he talks, like, he touches on the aesthetic design in, like, briefly, but he's more talking about the, the narrative gameplay design of, like, what can you do when you first get in the dungeon? How many options are available to you? What about when you get one key? Or how many keys can you get before you have to, before you have to unlock a door to find more stuff to do? Um, and he, through the course, develops this charting system that's really interesting, where a very linear dungeon ends up having a really long and narrow chart, because he puts, like, it's sort of complicated to explain, but the more interesting, varied puzzle box style dungeons where you're sort of uh, like the Water Temple in Ocarina of Time trying to really oh, change the change the whole level to do uh, one big puzzle that is the whole dungeon, that ends up having a wide sort of, sort of short um, chart because you have a lot of options to do at any given moment, and you're working through basically, like, two or three states of the dungeon, so to speak, and end up ha- going back to areas with new uh, information or new abilities a lot. I really and like no. how in Legend of Zelda that you can trust it. Like, if you get a guide, it'll say, like, when you get this key, immediately use it on this particular door. And I always felt like, you don't have to worry about that. You can use it on yeah. any door you see, because you know you can trust the game to be to let you be able to get that other key you need before yep. you screw up and can't move any further. Yeah. Now, Louisa, you said Ugh, <laughs> about water temples in Zelda games, which I know yes. is a lot of people's feeling about water temples. Yes. But I also know that you really liked uh, Breath of the Wild, and did you not feel that all of the temples in that were kind of water temples? A lot of them were. That's true. And I don't like the temples very much, but. The shrines, really, they're called in, the, in oh, yes. that game. Uh, but they're also small. Like, I really feel like that was the best way to do it. Because the things that are more like dungeons or temples are just the four uh, divine beasts. Yeah, yeah he, he, oh, okay. cul- he culminates in the Breath of the Wild video by being like, now to examine Zelda dungeon design in a game that doesn't have dungeons. <laughs> um yeah. 
And it, that video, I actually watched them out of order because I didn't realize it was like a sequential series that was building. And I watched the Breath of the Wild one first because I like that game a lot. Um, and it was very interesting seeing him talk about those dungeons because he really liked the puzzle design of them, but the visuals were boring and they all kind of felt Ooh. the same. <laughs> Um, but he really praised the fact that you, like, could turn the whole level a lot of the time. You really had to think about the position of Link in a lot of the dungeons when you would, like, affect the whole world. And the fact that you could move the pieces of the whole dungeon without having to go to a specific location uh, much of the time was really uh, the most interesting aspect. Um, yeah, I really like that because it made you, it gave you more opportunities to think about what you were doing because you didn't know for sure that this was the right time to turn this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised that they hadn't arrived on something like this in more games where the thing that is like really insanely frustrating in a lot of the Zelda games is you make the change to the dungeon and then you go all the way back to where the puzzle was and then you realize, oh fuck, I forgot to do this thing before I made that change. And you have to go all the way back and change it again. Like the idea of just having the ability to change the dungeon from wherever you are in the dungeon <laughs> is so much less frustrating. I know it it makes it shorter, but it also the long the length of it is bad. Yeah. <laughs> for for a small dungeon like the Divine Beasts, it's perfect because there's no real path through the dungeon. With something yeah. like the Water Temple, apparently in the 3DS version, and I didn't know this till I watched the video, they fixed the main frustration, which is that you had to go into the menu to equip the iron boots every time you wanted to sink or float. Uh, and they wow. made that uh, just, they put that on the touch screen and also put like a path on the wall so that you would know which hallway led to the switch. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> That's helpful. And but still. Yeah. The fact that you had to go all the way over to the Switch to change it was very frustrating. Yeah, uh, I was very fascinated by uh, some of his... Uh, apparently some of his opinions were controversial in in that he didn't really enjoy most of the dungeons in Ocarina of Time except for the Water Temple because despite its flaws, the puzzle design of it is very strong um, and most of its flaws are flaws that are more generally a problem with Ocarina of Time but all of the other dungeons you basically get one key and then immediately use that key before you can even get another key and the like design of the dungeons are very linear obviously they're not like laid out linear but you just go from one room solve it to the next room solve it and it's all in a like you all you keep crossing through the central hub so it oh. feels really mazy and interconnected but you when you look at oh, how fuck, it's designed yeah, pause in your speeches <laughs> so i can make jokes god damn it i'm sorry go <laughs> I was going to say a million years ago, also in the Water Temple, you get to meet that premium fuckboy Shadow Link. <laughs> That's true. That's uh, very important. Yeah. yeah. That weird oh, holodeck. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's the, he is the hottest character in the Zelda universe. Can we all agree? <laughs> yeah, because he's uh, Link, but a bad boy. When you get the outfit to be him in Breath of the Wild, it's too scary. When I wear yeah. that at night, I too have to scary. take it off. Too scary how sexual you feel towards him. <laughs> 
Yeah, I definitely want to hit him with my Megaton hammer, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. It's because that's how you beat him in the fight, because he doesn't show have that up, item. Show up, show him your big Oron sword. Gross. Mm. <laughs> oh, we're all stupid. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry that I yelled at you, Jeff, if you had more to say. I just really wanted to make a joke about how I wanted to fuck Dark, Dark Link, so. Yeah. No, I'm glad, I'm glad you cut me off, because when I look at the waveforms... Oh, Jeff turned into a robot. Oh, no, I didn't. I'm fine. Um... <laughs> When, uh, I'm glad you cut me off because when I look at the waveforms of episodes of my other podcast, uh, mine has a lot more blue in it than my guests. Yeah, big surprise. <laughs> the difference is on this show, we all like to talk and yell over each other equally, which is why we have such a great dynamic, right, guys? Sure. Yes, Batman. it's perfect. Let's talk about Batman some more. <laughs> <laughs> Louisa, you are doing this to yourself. Let's talk about Bats, baby. <laughs> Talk about Let's you. Talk. <laughs> Let's <laughs> talk about some subreddits, though. Actually, oh, nice, nice work. By going into these subreddits, that I'm going to say mine first, which I never do because it's very do simple. It. It's r slash hedgehogs, and it is about the animal, the hedgehog. Okay, uh, so as much as hedgehogs are fine, they really are stinky little rats, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And the only reason yes, anyone yes. likes them is because of that famous hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes. Mm, I don't agree with that. What about Mrs. Tiggy Winkle? What about Amy Rose, Sonic's uh, girlfriend? <laughs> Thank you. Are they dating? Or does she nope. just have a crush on him and he is not no interested? No one has ever cared. No one has ever cared. Oh, about boy. This. I got. I <laughs> Matt, got I don't care, but I promise other people. People have cared. Chili have dogs. you met these people? Because they may, might be uh, self-aware programs <laughs> on the internet. If you care about Sonic's relationships, you might be a redneck. <laughs> <laughs> if you Google, if you Google your name, the Hedgehog, you might be a redneck. <laughs> oh man, is that the dumbest joke we've ever made? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely up there. Did we uh, okay. make that joke even? <laughs> we must have. Mm, it's anyway. it's we like it's like it was like a found joke. Like yes. <laughs> like when when uh, someone takes a photograph of a painting and is like, this is a new piece of art. <laughs> uh okay, I got R slash Genesis RPG, which is a uh, tabletop role-playing game about people who use gene editing to give themselves superpowers, basically, I think. It's like a tech cyber <laughs> cyberpunk future tabletop game. Oh, does it have a... It, it comes with a setting? <clears throat> I think so. Uh, I did not know. I have the book because you sent it to me for a birthday, but I was only I only got up to reading the mechanics portion. All I know about it is the current Star Wars RPG runs on it, um, and it uses special dice with a complicated series of symbols to understand what you're doing in the game. Yeah, maybe uh, there are different splats. I'm only aware of the splat that is, like, cyberpunk, but perhaps there's others. Yeah. Um, I got r slash consulting, so it's gonna be Genesis RPG, right? I don't know, none of us have ever played it, and I don't want to talk yeah. about hedgehogs at all. What's consulting? Just, like, the uh, act of doing that? Yep. Oh, man. I think, like, wrong. financial consulting. Oh, there's not even any pictures. Yeah, yeah. guys. Do we want to punish ourselves by doing consulting? What if we just no. did hedgehogs? We look at pictures of hedgehogs and Is we can talk more se- about Sonic. No, I hate it. 
<laughs> I listened to a lot of episodes of a podcast playing the Star Wars RPG that runs on the Genesis system, so I know a little bit about how it works. But all we're going to end up doing is talking more about Dungeons and Dragons, and we always do that. That's I fine. Just yeah, we do don't, always do that. I just don't think that there's any more meat on those comedy bones. You know what there's a lot of meat on? A juicy little hedgehog. Ugh, you can't eat them, though. They're so spiky. <laughs> Yeah. You scoop them out like an urchin. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, now I'm thinking of eating hedgehog sushi. <laughs> yeah, you have to slap the back of the hedgehog to make the spines fall out or whatever. Yep. Like you do with some of that alive sushi. Yep. God. Uh, there's an alien setting for Genesis, though. Alien, I don't want to the, talk about another movie? RPG, though. We've done yeah. that a million times. Guys, Alien, let's... the Prometheus sequel. Okay, can we um, self-flagellate and do consultants? I think we should. <sighs> Alright. Let's just not I'm talk bored. about a Reddit this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, if we do consulting, we're not going to talk about this Reddit. <laughs> we could spend... We could spend the next 15 to 30 minutes deciding on a new format for the podcast where we don't talk about <laughs> subreddits at all anymore. Yeah, we so, need a brainstorming session. <laughs> <laughs> we need a consultant oh to my tell God, us. You're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, go tell okay, us about this so, incredibly boring page. It was okay. so very boring at first that there was no graphics whatsoever. It was just blue, but I hacked into the system by typing in old. You make that Reddit. exact joke and every single week. I love it every week. <laughs> uh, so now I am seeing r slash consulting home, and there is a terrible little uh, MS Paint style graph that they've made, which is just an X and Y axis and a red line going up, and then a little chart that is four squares and it's a star, a question mark, a, a cow, and then a moop, a moog from uh, the old Sim Life game. <laughs> I think the thing that looks kind of like a dog horse. Uh, so um, the joke I wanted to make was you hacked into the system and replaced their front page with uh, an animated gif of you saying, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I don't is that get it. is that the Riddler from Batman Returns or whatever did that? Uh, I feel like it was what um what's his face Wayne Knight did in uh, oh, Jurassic yes. Park. Jurassic Park, hang Jurassic on to your Park. butts. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, hang on. Everyone, hang okay. on to your butts. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna Remember fix the computers, but you have to hang on to yep. your butts because the computer's gonna make your butt poop out. <laughs> if you're going into if you're going into that outhouse while a T Rex is attacking, don't forget to hang on to your butt. He says. <laughs> I love this first draft Jurassic Park that we're doing. Where <laughs> <Yes. laughs> he's extremely specific about what's yeah, gonna happen. Wait, I want to point out it's exactly the same as the final script, except at the end of. <laughs> Every line someone says to hang on to your butt. <laughs> and then, like, it's. The electric fence, you gotta hang on to your butt. <laughs> it got. He it should have! In that instance, he absolutely should have hung on to his butt. Instead of hanging on to that electric fence. And then in. In 1992, after years of development hell, they brought in, like, Andrew Dice Clay or somebody to punch up the script. Yeah. And he was like, mm, what if we cut a lot of this dialogue? And he only <laughs> says, hang on to your butts once. Yeah, he's very like, restrained for Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> he's looking at it, and he's like, the plot's moving very slowly because the characters spend so much time hanging on to their butts. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost our PG rating also. <laughs> She can't look through this giant pile of poop because she's too busy hanging onto her butt. This dinosaur didn't hang onto its butt. Now we have to find the item inside it. Poop. Oh, uh, so in that instance, Andrew yeah. Dice Clay was working as a consultant on the writing <laughs> yeah. process. 
Yes, exactly. No, I, I still so, I still like this Jurassic Park joke. Let's get back so to it. You have to let Louisa finish <laughs> describing the page. Then we can talk about whatever yeah. fucking nonsense we want. <laughs> Who okay. remembers the name of that weird dog horse from Sim Life? Is that a moop? It doesn't I did not it's even dog. know that right. that's what that was supposed to be, you goddamn it's, weirdo. <laughs> Moot. I don't think it, it's a moot. moot. I don't even think I it's a, I don't think it's a moot. I think it's the wingdings character that looks like a dog. It's okay, moot like this point. So this is a graph that someone has made a little picture of that means nothing and goes nowhere. So there's that. And then on the other side of the screen, I'm seeing a lot of atriums that are just glass and cement in like a super modern-y office building. And that's all. Because consulting is a concept that has no pictures to go with it. Yep. Also, even if you had pictures, they would mean nothing because consulting is like the vaguest term. (laughs) Consulting could be literally anything. Exactly. Uh, So consulting, there are 57,000 readers and 345 users here now. No special flair, no special up and down arrows. Uh, welcome to r slash consulting, a place for all topics surrounding the consulting industry. Submissions can range from changing buyer behavior, <laughs> consulting firm activity, M&A in the marketplace, layoffs, bad PR, government hiring of consultants, how to get into consulting, what it's like to be a consultant. Any consulting industry is welcome. So, Do you guys know what M&A means? Market uh, and agriculture. Nits and ass. <laughs> That's why the graph had a cow and a horse on it. <laughs> yes. Uh, I was just wondering because I I know it from work, but I don't know how common that that term is. It stands for marketing and acquisitions. I was happy. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Great. So, yeah, it's very Um, dry, and I, while I was reading it, I was hanging on to the idea of reading (laughs) the next word to be able to say it out loud, because I was losing interest. Yep, it's very boring. So, here's the question, you guys. If you were going to be a consultant, what kind of consultant would you be? What would you consult on? Um, I can consult pretty good on things to do with art aesthetics, colors, and shapes, and whatever, Mm -hmm. because I can bullshit that real good. So, you could be, like, a marketer? consultant where you're like your logo is fucked and you need to unfuck it yes i can do that no problem could you update the logo of ShopRite, which is the ugliest fucking logo on earth and i hate it every time let's see you're gonna have to hack into the web and find uh it's a shopping cart full of circles and rectangles i do remember it but i want to see it exactly the colors are the thing that is an atrocious Mm. crime uh everyone knows yellow and red make you hungry you have to have it be yellow and red i thought you were gonna say horny <laughs> yeah, yellow and red make you no. horngry, which is hungry, angry, and horny all at once. <laughs> oh man, that's, that's the human condition! Jeff, that describes you better than anything I've ever heard. <laughs> yep, that's me all over. You yep. need to make that your bio on Master <laughs> uh, You need no. to make that your bio on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you'll get some, some swipes out of that. I, I changed it away from uh, leading off with 100% a dumbass because I got way fewer matches with that being the top of my Tinder profile. Yeah. <laughs> That's so bad. Why would you do that? Because it's really funny. <laughs> Jeff was like, hmm, girls like humility. I can do humility harder than anyone. <laughs> uh Oh my god. Yeah, the ShopRite logo is very bad. It's not just all circles anymore. That's old. 
Now it's three circles, a triangle, and a rectangle. There's oh. a mushroom in there. There's like a mushroom-shaped one also. Oh, not on what I'm seeing. Not oh, on no. my watch. Oh, no, you're right. It's a triangle. It was just a low-res picture I was looking at. So anyway. some this board has one of my favorite things, which is impenetrable memes from a subculture to which I don't belong. Okay, mm-hmm. before we move off of the ShopRite logo, I just want to yeah. point out that this shade of yellow makes me think of spoiling food. Like, yeah. that's the color that all vegetables turn when you know you need to throw them away. So yeah. uh, you mean spoiling food like telling you what happens after the credits? Yes, exactly. I was like, oh shit, I, wa- I didn't want to know that this celery <laughs> was going to be flavorless garbage. <laughs> I didn't know Captain Crunch died in this cereal. <laughs> oh man, that would be great. I do like how the shopping cart is like hovering in the air with a, a holy nimbus behind it. <laughs> yes, which in true. art history will let you know that this is a blessed shopping cart. From or God. an analog for Jesus, perhaps. Yes, exactly. That's um, the shopping cart's aura, we- which lets you know that it's a son of God. Can we, as a consultant, I recommend that we examine a little bit further the concept that Jeff brought up of cereal, like breakfast cereal that has a plot? Yeah, serialized cereal. Incredible. <laughs> Listen, you, you, all the stuff at the top of the cereal bowl comes out first. So, like, mm-hmm. or at the top of the cereal box, I should say, comes out first. Mm-hmm. So there is a way to inject a narrative structure into this box. <sighs> That's a good point. If oh, you- I was imagining each box would tell a self-contained piece of the story and it would be released over the course of a year. And then you get so angry because you go to the grocery store and they only have episode two and you're on (laughs) episode ten. Oops, some berries, but I already ate oops all berries. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, wait, what if Captain Crunch has already been doing this to us and we never knew? Yeah, but it's all been episodic to this point. We saw some of his football career with Captain Crunch's well, football crunch. Yeah, we saw no, this, some of his donut business with Captain yes. Crunch's sprinkled donuts. This is why I think that we need to transition, Jeff, because I think you're right that each story was told in a box, just having one event per box. I think you need to start making it where you shape and size the pieces such that the the plot, the stuff that comes earlier in the story mm-hmm. rises to the top of your box. So the first bowl you get and it's all uh, uh, job applications. Captain Crunch is going and getting a job. <laughs> yeah, oh, that sounds so exciting. <laughs> yes. I, okay, we need to use, um, we need to use gene-hacked psychotropics to make you experience the story of Captain Crunch <laughs> as you eat the cereal in your Can mind. We get Gene Hackman as Captain Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna hack Gene Hackman's genes into Captain Crunch cereal so that you'll see Gene no, Hackman dressed as just... Captain Crunch in your mind as you eat it. <laughs> Jeff, this is exactly the plot of Jurassic Park. You're gonna get a, end up with everyone on Earth being Gene Hackman and being able to reproduce asexually. Welcome to Hackman World, says Jeff Goldblum Hang in the fifth movie. Butts. Hang out to your butts in Hackman World, y'all. <laughs> Oh I was my god. imagining it more like it would be a box of like oops all donuts or whatever the fuck they call that. And you'd be having <laughs> bowls of donuts. But then as you got part of the way down, your bowl of donuts would have like a few little uh cereal shaped like flames. And you'd realize Ooh, at that yeah. moment that Captain Crunch was gonna burn down that donut mm, business for the mm. insurance money. No, but you need you need extras though, because otherwise it could be an accidental fire. I'm saying it starts donuts, and then it's like uh, a like Captain Crunch owes a lot of money to his mm-hmm. bookie because he lost on a horse race. Yeah. So you have a lot of horses, horse heads, horse <laughs> heads. Head. Yes, bloody <sighs> horse heads. And then as it goes down, he burns down his donut shop for the insurance money. Mm-hmm. Oops, all vent.
vengeance. <laughs> yes. Like you said, uh, oops, all donuts. I was imagining a Captain Crunch box full of full-size cake donuts. <laughs> Isn't that what we all imagined when we bought donut-shaped cereal as a kid? Yes. yes. Uh, th- what happened to big cereal? You can't even get full-size shredded wheat most of the time anymore. Yeah, because absolutely no one wants or likes it. Yeah, nobody That's wants why. a giant uh, breakfast cake. Yeah. Oh, look, my <laughs> box of cereal has two pieces in it. <laughs> what if you just got an un- an unperforated sheet of Captain Crunch in a box, and you had to crunch it up yourself? <laughs> oh, God. Is that not what comes in those bags that they what put if- on the bottom shelf in the grocery store? Where they're like 99 cents? <laughs> yes. Yeah, what- Admiral Crunch or whatever. <laughs> what if all of the cereal pieces came connected with those little plastic connectors, like when you get a model to build? <laughs> But that's also made of cereal, so you can eat that, too. Oh, my God. You have to put it together to solve the mystery, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. There you go. Uh, okay. Have we reached the end of this joke? I yes. feel like we I just started imagining, for some reason, the phrase Dragons. popped unbidden into my mind, Transformers cereal. And I don't mm-hmm. think that's been a thing yet, because they just can't crack the code of how the cereal would transform. Mm, AZ, you pour milk on it, and it turns into a robot or whatever. It's a car. <sighs> It's a car, ass. but the the car shape is made entirely out of sugar, and then yes. when you pour milk on it, the sugar dissolves and it mm-hmm. turns into a robot. Yeah. God, I need this! <laughs> He's floating upside down in the milk, and then you have to solve his murder. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, cereal industry, for my consulting. Thank you. Um, yeah. I so they did uh like you'd reminded me they did that with Lucky Charms where there was one that was like a star and then a hole solve got in Lucky's it when you murder. poured milk on it. Yeah, and then you had to solve Lucky's murder and every box had a dead leprechaun in the bottom of it. <laughs> okay, but I will say, you know how like when we were kids cartoon shows were all aimed at kids because parent adults didn't care about cartoons because they were grown-ups, mm-hmm. but now there's so many cartoon shows for adults because we are perpetually in a state of child like uh innocence Glee? yeah sure. we spark joy etc yes we spark joy for our whole lives um th- so like you know there's like a new grittier version of uh like she-ra etc for people of our generation to enjoy why is not gritty cereal yet but yeah how how come well okay gritty the character but yeah. also how come breakfast cereals haven't made that pivot into like you know now uh who's the one most likely to do this is it that bear from golden crisp probably that bear sugar f- bear yeah sugar bear it mm-hmm. has uh has it like a nine to five job now and <laughs> And, uh, you know, he's he's really oh, struggling. He's, he's ripe for a reboot, because he's fucking a parody of Dean Martin. What the yeah. fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what if what if he just smokes now, and the yeah. like has- Dean Martin. <laughs> he becomes more Dean Martin. Great. Yeah. He's a drunk. So the way yeah. we tell the story is just on each box, the mascot looks like he's visibly aging. No. Like, Diggum no. the Frog just has an eye patch one day. <laughs> oh. Okay, actually, I do love that. <laughs> Just suddenly dig him the frog. Aging, though, to be fair, <laughs> getting an eye patch. I was dig him the frog has adopted Sugar Bear's son because Sugar Bear isn't there anymore. Yeah, I was gonna say, what if it's just that Golden Crisp? There's just a couple cigarette butts in the box now, <laughs> like not in the bag that the cereal's in, but in the bottom of the box. And you're like, wait, what happened? Is is Sugar Bear okay? Mm, and then that is yeah. not the case. Yep, exactly. He he's not on the box. He's just missing, and there's a big 
question mark there. No okay, text indicating is, he's missing. I'm 100% sure this is something that happened to the Trish Rabbit for real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, so there was a Transformers cereal, but it didn't make it to market, and it transformed ordinary milk into chocolate-flavored milk. Not good mm. enough. No, mine is better. Yeah. Um, um, <clears throat> anyway, so Jeff, is your thing that you would consult on um, breakfast cereals then? <laughs> uh, I think that I could consult on pretty much anything, because I'm uh-huh. a worldwide expert in all subjects. Oh, okay, I forgot. I forgot that all you do is win. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. They don't keep me down. Um, I could consult in how to run a government. You could consult you so? in how to get the perfect team of Pokemon. Mm. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? Because to be a successful consultant, you have to convince people who do the thing that you know more than they do about the thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for all that Jeff definitely knows a lot about Pokemon, the only people who would pay a consultant probably know about as much about Pokemon. Pokemon as Jeff does. Yeah, the issue, I think, is I wouldn't be able to consult on any of the things that I would be good at consulting on, because Mm -hmm. the people in those businesses will only listen to a woman who's stepping on them for money. Mm. You're talking about ball crush porn? Uh, I'm just talking- Bring that up for some reason. Uh, high-powered business executives don't listen to consultants, which is why all businesses are failing, as we discussed, uh, before the show. Okay, but- Okay, listen, I hate, uh, everybody in charge of the world right now as much as you do, but don't you feel like, to a certain extent, the reason we are in the place we're in is because there are people out there going, well, I've never studied economics, but I'm pretty sure I know it better than economists do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You're doing that, is my point, Jack. No, I'm saying I wouldn't consult on any of those subjects, because okay. they wouldn't listen to me anyway, even if I did know about it. Yes, that's fine. But, so what would you consult on? <clears throat> what would you be qualified to consult on? Oh, see, what I would be qualified to consult on is different than what I would want oh, to consult stop on. stop selling! Say something! Jurassic uh, I am saying something! What I'm Jurassic saying is nothing! <laughs> So you're primed to be a consultant already, is what you're trying to say. Exactly. <laughs> can you uh, make a chart in Excel uh, about uh, nothing? Uh, yeah, about I can. Moots and cows. Collect data. Um, I can, uh, if you write a creepypasta, I can tell you what's wrong with it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right. That's that is actually good. good. Yeah, people might actually yeah. pay you for that. Yeah. You can mm, be like, I do it for free, though. If they just <laughs> wait, I'll probably get around to their story. <laughs> But you could do motivational speaking being like worldwide creepypasta expert teaches you how to uncreep your career or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) See, I changed my display name on Twitter to um, world famous creepypasta expert, but on mobile it shortened to world famous creep. So I (laughs) had to change that. (laughs) Could you make that the first line of your Tinder bio? (laughs) People will be like, oh, I'm so intrigued. All these terms are very intriguing. No, but there's, okay, surely when you're on Twitter, or not Twitter, on um, Tinder, surely the thing you're most worried about is that the person that you're going with is a secret creep. Mm -hmm. And so- That's not what I'm worried about, and don't call me Shirley. (laughs) And so, if they just come out and say they're a creep right at the beginning, you can be like, this person can't be a creep, because they'd be better at pretending they're not than this. Matt, that, well, there's no way that's true. 
This is what backfired on Jeff already by putting that he was a dumbass on his profile. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, it absolutely didn't work. And dumbass is a much funnier thing to be than creep. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think creep is a pretty funny thing to say you are on Tinder. But anyway. Mm, it immediately makes people think, what is this person hiding? Are they a creep? I don't want to find out. Maybe they're just a Radiohead fan. Am I right? No. Yeah. Was that Radiohead or Coldplay? It was Radiohead. Oof, Correct. man. Radiohead fans are going to be mad at you for comparing them to Coldplay. Yeah, that's fine. Everyone's mad at me all the time anyway. Hold on. I'll draw the fire. Creep is the only good Radiohead song. <laughs> Uh, I'll draw more fire. There aren't any good Radiohead songs. Creep is a good song. Radiohead sucks ass. I hate them. (laughs) Yeah, I I remember when I was in college thinking that I didn't like music because the only thing anyone ever talked about was Radiohead, and I'm like, I don't think this is good. Am I wrong? But then it turns out that Weezer was good and also happening at that time, so... (laughs) I also don't like Weezer, even though I find some of their songs enjoyable. I mean, I don't like any of the people in Weezer or them as humans, but a lot of their songs are very good. Maybe a lot is a strong word. Several of their songs are very good. (laughs) You know, I listened to Pinkerton and found it surprisingly enjoyable as an album a few years ago, but have not re-listened to it, so I guess I didn't like it that much. Well, there's a lot out there. (laughs) We're all busy. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, um, so a lot of these have terminology that I only know because I literally just got back from a work retreat where we listened to consultants all week, uh, and it's bad. Yeah. So. So that's that. Yeah, um, I guess none of us are qualified to be a consultant on anything. I can speak I do- confidently about things that I barely know about, so I think I could be a consultant, actually. Okay, maybe you should try. Okay. Just try it. Just put your name out there. Just start, uh, you can get, um, business cards for free from some places if you you let them put yeah. their logos all over the back. So, like, I, I wonder. I, I wonder if you were to just get a bunch of business cards and put up a website of like whatever consulting, and then just go places and hand out your business cards. I wonder how long it would take you to become a successful consultant or like motivational speaker or whatever. I bet it wouldn't be that long, actually. Yeah, you'd have for, to Matt, for you. Right it way, wouldn't be that long, and it yeah. look the right way and everything, though. Also, yeah, you need to be able to bullshit like so good. But if you could, I think you could probably become very wealthy in not a lot of time. Hold on. This is exactly what Marie Kondo did. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But but it's good. She does a good thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number six of all time I really, really enjoy um, because it's more applicable than just for consulting. It's titled, Rarely Is It Ever Because I Wanted to Be Helpful. And it is a picture of a pie chart labeled why I CC'd you on this email. Most uh, four of of the pie pieces are about equal. The biggest one says to guilt you into doing something, to prove, and then there's others, and they read to prove later that you knew about this as a power that's move. The, that's the reason to prove later that you knew about mm-hmm. this is the only reason I ever yep. copied yeah, anyone. Yeah, paper on trail. <laughs> yeah, uh, because you're my boss. I wanted you to see I'm online, uh, and then slight uh, as a power move, and then slightly smaller than those to embarrass you for not doing something, and then the smallest of all, I thought it would be helpful. Yep. It's That's true. right. Yep. I always think about like I the way that every company does things now is that as you're working on projects, you need to like quantify how much time you spent on each thing. So you'll be like, okay, I'm starting work on the email project now, and then you click on a time tracking app or something. And I often, as I'm doing that for my job, think like, how much of this is just me proving to my boss that I thought about this one thing this week when they ask me if I've made any progress, and I say no. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering where it would fall on this chart. The thing 
what I CC someone on an email for the most, which is to subtly, sometimes not so subtly, I think people know what I'm up to, but try to subtly let them know that they were a stupid idiot. And when they got an email, they didn't read it carefully and didn't understand what it was supposed to be. And I am trying to say to them, I read it and I understand it now. So fucking get your shit together. (laughs) I'm going to work on the real thing and not what you said. Here's the secret. Whenever I (laughs) respond to somebody feeling the way you're talking about, Louisa, Mm -hmm. I always start it with, I'm sorry, I must not have communicated very clearly. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. That is a good phrase. Oh, that really pisses people off so bad. Yeah. A really strong power move I've noticed in schools is instead of emailing a specific person to ask them, hey, uh, do you have this item of mine or did I leave this thing in your room? You uh, email the staff email that emails everybody uh, Mm -hmm. and you say, hey, has anybody seen this item that I'm missing? Um, and then it turns up. (laughs) That's pretty good. Yeah. But surely then people start being like, does Jeff have some kind of aphasia? He keeps leaving things places. (laughs) Uh, the thing is about the, the teaching profession is everyone in it is very transparently a, um, psychopath. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and so they're all very openly like, just make sure whatever you say or do is written down somewhere unless you did something wrong, in which case don't you dare write it down anywhere. Um, yeah, that's pretty applicable to every kind of job. <laughs> yeah, except it, I get the impression in other jobs that you don't want your bosses to know that you're doing this, but in teaching, you absolutely want the bosses to know that you're doing this also. The bosses will tell you to do this. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like everyone on Earth doesn't really know what they're doing and is just hoping that everyone around them doesn't notice. Yeah. I, yeah. I often do know what I'm doing, but I'm hoping people don't notice that I'm not doing it at the moment. I need yeah. a break, okay? <laughs> Give me a break! <laughs> Yes, it's true. I had, I genuinely struggled for a while with the fact that I work from home and most of my job is thinking of solutions to things. So like- Solutionering? You're a consultant. Sure. Uh, Imagineering. (laughs) You're, you could start handing out business cards that say you're a consultant. I certainly could. I mean, I legitimately, and this is going to sound like I'm making this up and I'm bragging, but I'm literally, I think, one of the top 10 experts on records management software in the world. Yeah. So make some business cards. I guess, but I have a job already. (laughs) Being a consultant sucks, and I don't want that. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. But being the- you already have a salary uh, telling people what they should do to make things better and that they don't listen to, so yes. you don't really need to go out and do that more. Exactly. Being the, the head I- of a consulting firm would be great, though, because bosses don't have to do as much. Yeah. Well, I figure uh, whenever I get fired from my current job, I will just go off and become a records management consultant, and then that That's will pretty good. probably be pretty good. Uh, but what I was going to say before is that because I work from home and most of my job is thinking up solutions to problems, I... I legitimately can be working by just, like, wandering around the house <laughs> or whatever. Um, Thinking and it's of hard- ideas. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I sometimes I take a shower in the middle of the day, and I'm like, mm, I probably should be working, but I am working. working. <laughs> then you think, I didn't get enough ideas. Gonna take another couple showers and see uh, what comes I've, up. I've definitely done that. I'm not, <laughs> that's not a joke. <laughs> Um, That's pretty good. I've been staring at this pie chart and it is very upsetting, speaking of aesthetics, <laughs> that in yeah. the middle it doesn't line up. I know! <laughs> I agree. Oh, oh, this Hold on, now I have to look at it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. Ah, if you can't on. do this thing, you are in the wrong profession. You should not be a consultant. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, this reminds me of perhaps uh, one of the more infamous consulting uh, consultants uh, I can think of. Um, did you? Do you guys listen to Reply All? No. no. Uh, this is, is a podcast. That of- is that his name? Chingy. Mm, I don't know what that means. Uh, this is a podcast, uh, from Gimlet Media that is sort of about, like, internet and the, the development of internet and information media. Uh, and they did a two-parter called The Crime Machine about the guy who invented the data tracking system that led, that eventually led to, um, the stop and frisk policy in New York City and how, like, his intention was pure and it got twisted, but he, like, went and became a consultant for police departments all across the country to give them, uh, this, like, data tracking system where they would keep track of, like, literally every piece of data on every piece of crime that they ever investigated in order to more effectively prevent crime. Um, and, it, and it's just really, it's, if you're and, interested and, in and, consulting. And, 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 and his name was J. Robert Oppenheimer. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> Thus spake him or whatever. Uh, I, I am become, uh, uh okay, here, so worlds. here be monsters. This is important. Shingy <laughs> is a rapper, so that was wrong. It's Shingy with an S, and that was the guy. The guy with the crazy hair who sort of roamed around stage. Do you remember this? I have no is idea what you're guy, talking about. Is that the guy that Tom Cruise's character from Magnolia was based on? I don't know. I think he's much more recent than that, though. Oh, really? Yeah. He, really? Uh, seven of the next big things from David Shing, AOL's digital prophet. Oh, yeah, okay. This guy looks terrible. Yeah, he's insane. <laughs> Uh, why? Oh, he's Australian. Okay. What is he? A consultant. Oh, what does he consult on? Uh, AOL digital stuff, apparently. Oh, okay. Is that why AOL doesn't do anything? Probably. Mm. Is AOL still a company? They didn't they change their name like to secretly be a different company? Was it Shingy? <laughs> is it Shingy? AOL <laughs> is still. AOL is still a company because AOL Time Warner is the conglomerate that owns them, but I don't know what they do if they do anything. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Anyway, yeah. um, I often wonder if the only thing that keeps that that allows people to be consultants is that they don't feel that guilt of like you know how whenever you're working on a project you feel guilt of like am I the person who's contributing the least to this project? Do you guys have that? No. You don't know. I don't do projects. I, 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 it's probably an ego thing, but I always feel like there's somebody contributing a lot less than I am. (laughs) Okay. Like, so when you guys do this podcast, for instance, you don't always think every week, am I the unfunny one? Oh, I do think that. Oh, no, absolutely not. (laughs) Wait, okay. (laughs) Hmm. I bring all the listeners to the show. It doesn't matter if I'm funny. I also don't believe that the show needs to be funny for it to be a comedy podcast that's interesting to listen to. Well, um, you do need internet, though, and I couldn't hear any of the words you said because your internet is a toilet. <laughs> it's fine. The audience heard them, and that's who it was for. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I always think I'm the weak link in every group that I belong to, and I think that if I, if you want to be a consultant, you have to not be able to have that level of self-awareness, because Matt- every consultant I've ever worked with is easily, by far, the least contributing member to that project, whatever it is. Yeah. But Matt, what about that time you won the weakest link? Yep. That's it. That's all I had. Okay, well... <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> uh, there's certainly nothing I could say after that. <laughs> 
So let's end the podcast that we've been doing for too long. Uh, Not permanently, just this episode. (laughs) Not with a bang, but with a whimper. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, but with a wiener, and I was like, that's not the saying. Why would I say that? (laughs) I don't know! It just seemed like you were gonna! Why? Why would I say that and not the thing? No. Maybe we just end the podcast here. Let's just never do a special 150. Why does Louisa end every episode losing her mind lately? (laughs) This is your fault. That's why. Her new catchphrase is literally, I hate this. Yeah. And I do hate this, you guys. Yes. Um, alright, well, thanks everyone for listening. (laughs) This was a good one, Louisa. Stop having a mental breakdown. (laughs) The camera zooms in on my face. Oh no. (laughs) Uh, It just starts playing Mad World. (laughs) As it zooms closer and closer to your eye. Jeff, you have to. (laughs) (laughs) I'm almost certain that we've already used Mad World before. Yeah, we we talked a lot about that video of, um,. Of what's his face from Fox News. Anyway. How about it's a video of Louisa looking uncomfortable and it slowly zooms in on her as the. Um, Hello, what's Darker the... Smiled Fence. Surprise <laughs> theme song. The sounds of silence. The, the theme song to uh, the, the Larry David sitcom that everyone enjoys. <laughs> oh, no. That only works if at the end of it, Louisa falls out of her chair. <laughs> What is the name of that show that I can't remember? <laughs> Curb I'm your not enthusiasm. Help you. No, Curb oh, your enthusiasm. It. There it is. I'm too helpful. <laughs> oh, I typed "crub your enthusiasm." That's not right. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, the, Jeff, I hope you didn't just say that so you could put that stupid song at the end of this episode because that song blows. Thanks everyone for listening to our show. Uh, if you liked it, please rate and review us on iTunes, and don't forget to re- recommend us to your friends. That really helps us a lot, and uh, we super appreciate it when people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us seeingreddit at gmail.com. I am going to check that email address someday. Um, <laughs> check it. Just check it now. I can't. I don't remember the password. It's gonna be a whole thing. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, and uh, you can also tweet at us at seeing Reddit on Twitter. Uh, you want to? You can get in touch with me on Mastodon at Matt Heron at Mastodon dot cloud. Uh, I am. You can email me if you want. Jeff at coolmemes.biz. You can also go to coolmemes.biz in your web browser to view my podcasts that I make, uh, including this one and Creepypodsta. And that is all of them. I don't know why I said including as if that was only a partial list. I guess you could go back and listen to someone's PC, but that's mm-hmm. uh, defunct, not a going concern. We'll never have a season two. Those three people who ask for it need to stop asking for it. We're never going to do it because it was a whole pain in the ass to Has uh, literally anyone asked for it though. Yes, several people. That show what? has that yeah, that show had fewer listeners than this one. Um <laughs> we made 151 episodes, so like go back and listen to those. Um we definitely just we don't have opinions on Stantler. Like we just don't. <laughs> That was always um, the problem with us doing 150 episodes of that show. How could you have different feelings about, like, Vaporeon <laughs> and uh, oh. Jolteon? Hold on. Those are two of the ones we had most the most feelings about. Exactly. Like, the, the difficulty is, like, 
is Polyworld different enough from Polyrath to deserve a different episode? One of them just has his arms up instead. <laughs> yes. Oh man, Pokemon is so stupid, I can't believe you uh, Mastodon.cloud slash at JK, Snapchat and Instagram, Jeff JK, Patreon.com slash Jeff JK. That's all of my things. Alright, um, you can find me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. Come be my friend. Hooray. Oh, I almost, I forgot to mention, a fan, um, is starting a Discord for Creepypodsta and this show, but this show has less fans than Creepypodsta, so it's just gonna be called, like, Creepypodsta and Friends. Um, so if you wanna join that Discord, we will probably post the link to it on our Twitter when it goes live, which it probably will have by the time this episode airs. Yeah, hmm. Jeff, I wanna join it, but can we talk about it after the episode? <laughs> oh, you're talking to the fan. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking to us. Oh, yeah, nope, I might join I was... this. I might join this because then I could be a celebrity there. I've I want to. Yeah, <laughs> I want to. I want to go on this Discord, but I just want to like be completely outside of the tone of creepy pasta. I will not understand why everyone keeps talking about these creepy stories all the time. <laughs> there will probably be a channel dedicated to seeing Reddit. Well, I don't care. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to be part of that. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, thanks to- <laughs> We're such assholes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. What? Okay. Uh, thanks to everyone who's been t- tweeting about us. Thanks to- <laughs> Like, Jeff's what in the middle of it? Anyway. Uh, thanks to everyone who's been tweeting about us. Thanks to everyone who voted in our recent poll, which science fiction character is most well-suited to becoming a cowboy. Uh, the Louisa oh. won this week with Ellen Ripley. Yes. Good job, Louisa. Thank you. Second place was Data. That was mine. Uh, third mm-hmm. place was Bicentennial Man. Mm-hmm. And last place was Jeff's option of Paul Atreides because no one knew that that was the guy from Dune. <laughs> Maybe I should have put the Muad Deep, and then they would have known. <laughs> uh, I don't think they would have known. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, it's the right choice. I almost voted for that one. <laughs> Definitely the best answer, but no one knows that enough about Dune to get why it is the right answer. Yep. Yeah. It's because <clears throat> he anyway. lives on Arrakis, the desert planet. Yes. Dune, yep. <laughs> Arrakis, the desert planet. Spice, Dune, Arrakis. You guys remember that? No. From that movie? It is also a recurring motif in the book, but it is much weirder in the movie because David Lynch doesn't know how to read books. Well, also, I feel like he was like, okay, listen, throughout this whole story, people refer to it at different times as either Dune, the desert planet, or what is the name of the actual planet? Arrakis. Arrakis, thank you. Um, You just said that. What are you talking about? No, I was just trying to remember it. It just slipped my brain. Anyway, um, (laughs) so he was like, okay, I need to have one character just recite those four different names for the same thing over and over again for two full minutes at the beginning of this movie. And that's literally what happens. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Um, Alright, thanks everyone for listening. Please come thanks back Thanks for listening time. to our Dune fancast. Yeah, oh man, I could do that forever. <laughs> uh, I would the, be the weak link because I it could be have called, seen them once, maybe? It, it could be called the Lips Acquire Stains, you guys. Oh no. Uh, did you guys see that uh, Thor's friend from the Thor movies is gonna play Baron Harkonnen and the new one, the new Dune movie, that's exciting. Isn't it a Skarsgård? Yeah, it's the Skarsgård's dad. He plays Thor's friend oh, okay. in all the Thor movies. Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan, that's it. I couldn't remember because that's a name that we don't have in America. I want to know who's going to play Tui. I hope it's still the guy from Quantum Leap again. Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, people who like Dune will know what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, the real Dune heads out there yeah. get it. <laughs> Ten things you only get if you were a Dune kid growing up. (laughs) 
What a fucked up kid you and me. <laughs> only only 10,000 AD kids Please remember. Like talking about me when you say what a fucked up kid you and yeah, me. Yeah, look how fucked up you are. Yeah, exactly. I watched Dune for the first time when I was six. <laughs> oh my god. I Why? My dad had no rules about what movies Yeah, that watch. is true. <laughs> Didn't it, like, come out when you were six? Uh, maybe. Maybe that's why I watched it that early. Anyway. Only uh, Benny Gesserit kids will remember. Yes, exactly. You have to control every muscle in your body to be able to understand these jokes. Okay, thanks everyone for listening. Please come back next time. In the meantime, don't forget that now you're playing with power. Don't read the comments. <laughs> you forgot your thing. Why did you do that, Jeff? <laughs> I forgot what I was supposed to say. <laughs>